Welcome to the What the Elwood podcast, the podcast that's all about Longwood athletics. We talk with players, coaches, staff, alums, who knows? The goal is to bring Longwood and its stories closer to you straight from the source. I'm your host, Sam Hovan. With basketball right around the corner, we had a chance to check in with the state of the Lancer men and women with head coaches Griff Aldrich and Rebecca Tillett. We talk about hoops, of course, but we also dig into what life was like during the last eight months. Here we go. Thanks again, Coach Tillett, Coach Aldrich, for taking a little bit of time out of your schedules. I know it's kind of a crazy time of the year because basketball is finally here. My first question is going to be, how's the fall been going with some of the uncertainty and then actually getting to practice, nailing it in? What's it been like this fall? Yeah, I think just first, so grateful that we're practicing, right? You know, a lot of teams have have lost their seasons. And so for us to be able to practice and be looking ahead, I think has been really valuable. Uh, Just the time we got to be back together. You know, you never have a season end that abruptly. Um, There's always a bit of a mourning period for everybody when the season ends, but that was like ripped out. Um, so I think just the all the joyous occasions we've had together, I know both of us have done team meals and, and things with our players just to kind of reconnect that family environment. Yeah, I think it's been a lot of fun. I think, you know, when you get something taken away that you love, um, you, you really appreciate it that much more when you can get back uh, together, both, you know, on the court just playing the game, but then also everything that goes into sports, you know, the camaraderie, the competition, um, I think I think our our squad has really enjoyed you know that element of it, and uh, there's uh, I would say an increased hunger uh, from you know throughout the program uh, to you know get better, um, be more unified, be more connected, and uh, you know I think I think you know rightly or wrongly, COVID's really really kind of poured uh, some gasoline on that you know, hopefully already burning fire. You mentioned the kind of a lack of a mourning period where you can mourn together because unless you win the national championship, (laughs) everybody's season ends with a loss. Was that something you had to try to figure out how to navigate in the midst of the pandemic? Like how to do it separately where everybody's apart? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you think back to those first couple of Zoom calls you do with your team and, and trying to reconnect when everyone's now safely at home. And yeah, I think for me as a coach as well, like I've simmered a lot longer on the end of last season than typical because you would usually turn your focus quickly to spring preparations, you know, thinking about recruiting. When when all of that changed, I think I've replayed some situations, you know, too many times. Um, hopefully that'll help, you know, in the learning process. Uh, but certainly spending a lot of time thinking about that. And then, again, then just turning ahead to when you got to see him again, it was – it was incredible just to see them all come back. So, Yeah, I think for me, the, the thing that was probably disappointing the most for me was, you know, the four seniors who, who graduated. And um, uh, Shibuti and Jalen and Jayshon, you know, quickly or shortly after, um, you know, the students were, were released uh, for virtual learning last spring, you know, headed back to their respective homes. But um Sean Flood you know stayed until you know classes ended because he he couldn't he actually couldn't even fly back to Ireland because of the travel restrictions but um I think there's sadness in that um in that you know those were four guys who came in with me my first year or three guys Jay Sean was already here but um you know who who played an important role you know for for us and for our program and kind of trying to help uh build the culture that we're looking to build and and 
um, all graduated and, and, you know, you, you miss not being able to celebrate with them, their accomplishments, um, what they contributed to the program and, and just really celebrating, uh, you know, their, how important they were to, to, uh, the program and, and Longwood in general. So I think that was, that was probably a sad, sad thing for, for us. Um, we'll need to figure out how to do that. Um, still find a time to do that. Uh, but I'd agree with Rebecca, you know, I do think, you know, we just had a, an inordinate amount of time to, uh, reflect on the season. And I think that, you know, for, for us, I, and I, I think the women, their recruiting calendar is a little bit, uh, different than ours, but you know, you almost immediately turn to recruiting after the season's over. So yes, there's time for reflection, but it's amid workouts, academics, recruiting, uh, we're here, you know, recruiting and in some senses was still ongoing, but it was so different and so less intensive. And, um, and so, you know, that was just a a real different experience. So fast forward now, you guys have gone through all this stuff. What was it like when they finally announced a start date? Yeah, I was thrilled. I know our team, our staff, you know, there was a lot of talk and there was a lot of positivity. I remember getting off multiple Zooms, you know, we're on, everybody's on Zoom and you get off in there, like, people are confidently saying, we will play, we will play. But you're still like, we, when and what's the date and for sure is there a vote? Um, but I remember getting off those leading up to the vote thinking, this is really going to happen. This is yeah. really going to happen. Yeah, I think there's a there was a sense, or at least I had a confidence that we would end up playing just because of the dynamics surrounding, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, how important it is, you know, to the overall landscape of college athletics. But um, I think it becomes, and it's been a little bit surreal uh, because we haven't known what the non-conference would look like, and so you know, and and this is is such a unique preseason and fall period leading up to the season that it almost seems still surreal. And is this really going on? So kind of like what Rebecca said, it's like, okay, yeah, now we've got a a target date, you know, which we can back into, you know, how we're preparing and, and giving the guys something to, to look forward to. And, and, uh, Uh, So so that's been really exciting. That was one of the things I actually wanted to ask was how do you prepare for a late start date? Does it does it change anything for you guys or it just okay? business is normal. We just have an extra couple weeks of practice. I I mean, no, I think it's been, you know, at this time we would have already announced our our non-conference schedule, if not our conference schedule. Um, you'd have, you know, starting on November 10th. And so there's, it's a very, even if it's subconscious, uh, you know, everybody knows what you're working towards. Um, I think this has even been still surreal in that, you know, yes, we have November 25th, but our non-conference schedule is still, you know, fluid. And, um, uh, and so I think that's been, you know, that's added to the complexity, the uncertainty, the, okay, just the, this is the, this is unique and different feeling, um, that I think, you know, our guys and our staff, you know, have experienced. And, um, so, um, it's, it's been really, it's been really different. Yeah, I think even if you look at, you know, when the men and women returns and when do you ever have them coming off of four months of totally different type of activity than we typically prepare for, 
Uh, so I think that initial start for us was, all right, how do we get everybody back a baseline of strength and, you know, fitness? And so that impacted. Um, one of the COVID, you know, restrictions we worked through was, you know, small, smaller games, like two-on-two. Two. And so we did a lot of two-on-two. Two. I think we got pretty creative with what are all the different ways that you can utilize two-on-two two to improve, you know, your team's ability to defend and, and to score. And when we got, you know, increased ability to do more things, you could see our women say, okay, can we just not do two on two for any time <laughs> soon? So like, we know it's important, but can we hold on that? And uh, so I think, you know, each time we've been able to do a little bit more, that's been great. And then I think from a planning standpoint, you know, every coach has their own timeline for, you know, when are you teaching your defensive system? When are you teaching your offensive system? When are you putting it out of bounds? When are you, you know, each one of those questions. And I do think once we have the start date, you can fall into a little bit more of a familiar rhythm of how you want to plan and implement. Um, still uncertain in this environment, I think, like, you know, to Griff's point about, well, when is the first non-conference game? And is the next one going to be really close to that? Or are you going to have more time to adjust? And no scrimmages is different, right? No scrimmages. Um, so, yeah, it's been different for sure. But I think just the opportunity to play is, is what everybody's holding on to. And it's interesting you talk about putting in your systems offensively and defensively. I know we've talked about this, Rebecca, Griff, you and I have talked in the past. I mean, you guys run systems that depend on players reading the floor and reading what's happening in the course of a game offensively and defensively. That's got to be really hard to plan for when practice rules are very restrictive. Yeah, I can – you're getting me a little, you know, heated up. Do I have enough in right now? No, no. Um, yeah, I think for us, it's actually brought some, um, I think, some new things in a positive light, especially on the offensive side of the ball right now. We obviously need to spend most of our time improving defensively from last season. Uh, but offensively, you know, we've got some different personnel as well. And so anytime you have great players, they force you as a coach to expand, right? And so I think we're doing some more creative things that we're really excited about um, that are going to take a lot of building blocks to get it where we want. Um, but I think that happened because of everything we've been through. Yeah, I think I, I think you actually uh, can get a lot done with your basic principles in in just um, um, non-contact, you know, workouts and stuff like that. I think the thing that you know COVID has helped. Um, I, I say COVID, just our, the restrictions surrounding our, our workouts, you know, from this summer and, and into the fall is, I think in some ways, because you've been limited going five on five, there's been a, it's slowed things down. And so I would say um, part of this was intentional on, on our staff's part. And part of it was, um, you know, forced upon us by the by the limitations uh but I think we're teaching a lot more and um that's been a real emphasis for us is you know part of it with our with our group we have so many new guys and we're a young team um and so much younger than we were last year and so I think it's allowed us to slow down quite a bit and do a, a tremendous amount of film work and and teaching uh with the guys to yeah, you're cutting here or you're moving here, but why? You know, wh what is the overall framework that, you know, this fits into? And, oh, okay, that's why we're doing it. And, hey, you didn't do this, and now look, it blew everything up. So it's really important that these details matter. And I think, um, you know, I think that's been helpful. I, my hope is that our guys have a better understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. Um, 
and hopefully that will translate. <laughs> and we talk about some of the things guys have had to do in practicing. So let's look through you. So this is your third year. You're heading into your third year as a head coach. What's something you've learned through the first two years you wish you'd known right off the bat? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, culture is queen, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I don't think that you enter into that blindly, right, as a new coach at a program. You, you know that that's the task before you. Uh, but I think while you're in the day-to-day -day interactions of that, um, it takes time. And there is a, a reason there's a change process. And, you know, I think we want to be a type of program that you walk in and you can see our culture if you're just interacting with us for a few minutes or watching us practice for a few minutes. And so I think that took time. And, you know, there's times that as coaches you want to be impatient with it intentionally because it needs to develop quickly it has to if we're going to make changes and I think there's also times when you know looking back I, I could have said to myself this is part of what has to happen in order for the changes you want to occur um, so culture is queen yeah yeah I think that's that's a that's a great point I think for me um, it's probably been um, just that you, you almost have to start from ground zero every year and um not that they different team each team is a different organism and um but i think you know you do have to start from ground zero and then each team will progress and go through its own journey at a different pace picking some things up really quickly you know holding you know not picking things up quickly and so i think um I think probably that was a, a big oversight on my part is just assuming that, hey, you know, we'll, we'll be at, at the 201 or 301 level, you know, uh, because we've, we've got older guys rather than really appreciating, you know, something we preach a lot and, you know, most teams do the process, but just, you know, respecting that you have to start the process again. Um, and um, so I think, you know, that's been something that probably I've, I've focused on a lot. Is there anything you would tell first year Griff or first year Rebecca? Like you'd tell them, Hey, know this. <laughs> Golly. How long this is this podcast? Yeah. How long is this podcast? Um, you know, I think there's, I, I think, um, I think what Rebecca said was really wise in that, you know, it's a process. And I think for us as coaches, um, you know, the reality is, you know, kind of like players, um, you know, coaching is a process too. And, um, you, you're learning different things, you know, even if I think you've been a head coach at a division one level before, I think you're doing it in a different, you know, the first time you're at a school, you know, it's a different environment. There's, uh, you know, Longwood is its own, um, great institution and it has its own nuances, but, you know, each team is different, but, you know, um, probably, um, I'm a, I'm a hard driver. And so probably, you know, allowing one's self to grow and understand that you're not going to get it perfectly, um, or even close to perfect. Um, and, um, that, you know, that's part of the journey and that's part of the joy of coaching. And, um, you know, we, we constantly talk to our players about the great thing about sports is that you get tested every day, you step onto the court. And I think the, the same is true for us as coaches and 
to understand, you know, that, that we are going to continue to grow and that we need to have that mindset that, um, um, hopefully you're continually improving and self evaluating and, oh, that worked and, Ooh, that was terrible. Um, and continue to, to grow and, and, uh, and, and celebrate and, uh, the good times and, and the good things. And then, you know, in the, in the times where you really screw it up, you know, give yourself some grace, you know, admit where you were wrong and, and then, you know, try to fix it. So, um, I I, th- I think uh, that would be my big thing, and and uh, maybe it's just we haven't we're undefeated right now. We're we we have yet to lose this year, but uh, I've had so much more fun this this summer and uh, this fall with the guys. Um, I think just kind of trying to you know put on that mindset of um, you know both for myself and for them, and and it's been a lot of fun. I think, um, you know, maybe a little bit more advice would be just the joy. And it's certainly, mm-hmm. you know, Griff and I have had that conversation many times with mm-hmm. each other, for each other, um, reminding each other. Um, you know, every person that interacts with our program has a potential impact on the trajectory of, you know, the success and the development of our women. Um, so, you know, finding the joy in the work. And I, I agree with Griff on you know, we both uh, have really high standards and expectations of, of ourselves and of anybody that we work with and uh, and of our players. So I think, you know, keeping that at a really high level and also finding the joy in it because we dedicate much of our lives and our families' lives to this process. So, you know, find those moments of joy and, and really, you know, hold on to them, cherish them. Uh, something we said to our team this week, we've had some really positive things happen to different people in the program and just let's make this journey this year something that we will all remember and cherish for the rest of our lives. And that is what you're trying to do every single year. Um, in certain times, certain things align for those groups. And, and for us, this is a really special group. So, yeah, find the joy. Keep the joy. If you don't have it that day, go get some. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to go off the court a little bit, uh, kind of go back to what you, some of the things you talked about in March, but this is going to be off the court. So pandemic shuts everything down. I know it was an adjustment for my kids. All of a sudden, dad went from working like crazy to I'm here every day. I'm working from home. What was that like for your guys' family? <laughs> <laughs> they got to see dad, mom a lot more than they were used to right around that time of year because they'll see you other times of the year. But I mean, March, that's a busy time for everybody. Yeah, I I probably am am uh, more the disciplinarian at home, so I think I think uh, my middle son Ford probably wished <laughs> wished Dad would be in the office a little bit more. Um, no, it's been great. I mean, I think it uh, you know to to have that extra time with the family um, and to just uh, be present. Um, you know, I, uh, admittedly am, <clears throat> excuse me, um, am, am not the best. Uh, I can be pretty distracted in one track mind, uh, something I, I really struggle with. Um, so I think, think there was a real pause, um, where, um, again, that, you know, that forced pause almost, um, allowed, allowed us to spend more time with, with the kids. Um, I did more homework um, and was around a lot more. 
um, the the boys started mowing the the backyard. Uh, so I, uh, again, I just you know there are things like that where I think in the heat of um, in the heat of of just your your regular routine and rhythm uh, of trying to you know lead the the program, um, there may not have been space, or I may frankly may not have made space uh, to do that. And, um, but now you have time to teach them how to mow the yard. And, um, again, I think for me, it's been really special in that, um, you know, my boys are, are just now getting to the age that they like to throw the football and, and, uh, you know, this week, I think almost every night, you know, they've been dad come home so we can, you know, run patterns in the yard. Um, and, uh, so, Again, I think that's something that, um, you know, I pray that we can maintain. Um, and I think there's been a, a deeper connection uh, between me and my kids. So, um, again, shame on me. Um, it's an area I need to really grow in. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a silver lining and blessing in during this, you know, otherwise, you know, horrible, horrible pandemic. Yeah, I think for us, um, I'm not known for, you know, cooking or being the best at domestic <laughs> domestic activities, um, so really forced to cook, to to plan, to to do some things together in that sense, um, which I think you know your time around a table while you're you know sharing food can be really profound. And with our kids getting older, you know we've got 18, 16, and 12 now. Uh, the conversations are, you know, getting deeper. And obviously during the pandemic and in the social unrest in our country, we had really serious conversations that, you know, if we were otherwise in our normal routine of school and, you know, me coaching and, and their activities, you know, those conversations are a little bit more fleeting. You try to have them in the car and they, they often have, you know, a destination or an end time. And during that time frame, there was no end time, right? There was no, we didn't know when we were going to leave the house and, and be safe to move about again. So I think that, you know, was really good for all of us to have those, you know, discussions and um, really connect on that. We did some fun things as well. I, I don't know if this is how we've raised them or, you know, some kids are just, they come the way they are. And uh, whenever our kids want to get something, like they, they come up with a plan or, They'll write us a note of how they, they really think this needs to happen. And Jack and Maya did some planning together and pulled some money and bought a trampoline. Oh, uh, we contributed a little, the parents, but they did the bulk of the work, the research, everything. So there's a trampoline in the backyard now right outside the window where we watch TV or do things as a family. And you could just hear that thing through the whole pandemic just bouncing and bouncing. Um, but, yeah, there were definitely some positives and then obviously the serious nature of it as well and, and keeping each other and our family safe and all those people we love. So you said you didn't didn't cook much before. Did you did you develop a go-to dish when you had to start cooking a little more? Oh, I still don't know if there's any go-tos other than tacos. Tacos. <laughs> um, I did stuffed cabbage, which turned out, you know, some of the kids liked it. So, you know, still growing, still growing over here. Big work in progress in the kitchen. I mean, everybody has a chance to learn. I was fortunate. I, I do a lot of the cooking at home. My mom taught me a lot of different things, and so... I have a cookbook from her that she gave me when I first moved out that has a bunch of her recipes. So, you know, always always that kind of fun stuff. My kids always like trying to help cook, too, which is an adventure with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys pick up any new hobbies? Anything? What would you do as a family time? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 
no, I can't say picked up any hobbies. I, I will say we exercised a ton more. Um, and it, you know, the weather here in Farmville was, you know, phenomenal really most of the, the spring and, and summer. Uh, we, we had a, a blast, um, um, our youngest learned how to ride a bike. And so, um, we would, we would go on, uh, parents would run and the kids would bike around Wilkes Lake. And so, uh, so that was, that was fun. Go down the bike path and, and, uh, and, and run around the lake. And so, um, so that we enjoyed that, or at least I did. (laughs) Ours was, uh, you know, a couple of raised gardens, um, something I have always loved but never seemed to create the time or space for. Um, and so we built some raised gardens. Um, my family, my brothers and my dad especially, have all have green thumbs. And so I was calling them, getting the advice. My brother Nate was really big on what soil I buy, sending me pictures. And then we involved Courtney, our sports performance coach, because I was loading all that mulch myself, you know, so I had a little bit of – Okay, I'm getting a workout in here. Uh, but the kids and I planted some vegetables, some flowers, and uh, really enjoyed kind of doing that watching the, I don't know, the green peppers. You've ever seen a baby green pepper, but they're really, they're really fun to watch grow. So we did, we did a lot of that, which was definitely new for us. That's, that's awesome. I think I know it's, it's been a really big blessing, and now we get to get back to it. It's exciting to have the season kind of on the, the forefront of everybody's mind. So we appreciate you guys' time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks again to Coach Aldrich and to Coach Tillett. We look forward to the season. Don't forget, you can find the podcast in your favorite spot, Apple, Spotify, Google Music, and more. Or you can find it at longwoodlancers.com and Fan Zone section under podcasts. If you want Longwood Athletics videos, subscribe to Longwood U Lancers on YouTube. Of course, Longwood Athletics is verified on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the What the Elwood podcast.